Blog Talk Radio. Hey everyone, it's Girl Power Hour, and it is Wednesday with Sasha Humphreys and myself and at Bainham. We have got Dr. Kathleen Morrow here today talking about holistic care for our furry family members, which is really cool. And I totally believe in it and practice it with my, my little furry, well, they're not so little, but my furry pets and family members uh, as often as I can. And we don't go, have to go to the vet very often, so that's a good thing. Sasha, how are you today? I'm fantastic. Thank you for asking. It is a beautiful day here in Lubbock, Texas. I can't complain. I've already been on a walk. Sat under a tree, found my favorite tree, by the way, <clears throat> which I've been searching for here, and uh, finally found it, stood under it, and kind of enjoyed the weather and the dogs passing by and the kids playing on the playground. It was really nice. So I'm excited for the weather. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> Planted some flowers over the weekend, so let's hope they continue to grow. I'm not so greenest thumbs around, so I was almost afraid to have children because of that. I was afraid I would just kill them off. <laughs> I did all my plants that way. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was something to consider when I was thinking about having kids. But uh, I did want to share one thing today, that um, I watched a video, and it kind of spoke to me uh, because it was talking about, since we're on Wednesday, you know, everybody talks about hump day, and it's all downhill, and yay for the weekend. And this guy, uh, Gary Vanacek, I believe his name is, he's super hyper, which I don't watch a lot of his videos because of that. He, he drives me crazy because he is so super hyper. But um, he always has some really good things to say. And he was talking about how Really sad it is that we live for the weekend and we work and do what we have to do and we just live for those weekends. And he said, why can't we live for Monday morning and really love what we do and practice our passions and not have to worry about it being a weekend in order to enjoy ourselves? So I thought that was pretty powerful stuff. Yeah, I love that. And we really we need to do that. I agree. But, um, I just I just love it. I love it. So, okay, Dr. Kathleen Morrow's here. Hello. 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 And she <laughs> helped me when I first moved here. Um, my old girl, who's a German Shepherd mix. Um got to the point where she could barely even walk with her hind legs. I mean, she was in, she was in pain, and um, I, my first thought was, I don't want to take her to the vet because I don't want to know what they're going to say. You know, I didn't want them to jump right. to conclusions to say that this is it for her. And right. because she is an older dog, and, and I'm not ready to let, let her go, so... I went to see Dr. Kat, and she recommended a uh, supplement for her. And let me tell you, within three days, that dog was running up and down the hall again, jumping around, acting like a puppy. Yay! We like those results. Yeah, she is doing so well, and, you know, I couldn't have done that. Had I gone to the vet, they would have pumped some, you know, and I'm not against vets. Please, please, please don't think I'm against vets because I think there's a, a great need for them. But I think a lot of times we can holistically care for our pets before we have to go that direction of the vet. Definitely. And it can definitely be prior or conjunctive. And so, yeah, you help so much, and I'm so thankful for that. And Tess is thankful because shortly after that we ended up with a puppy. You're so welcome. <laughs> My pleasure. She needed all the I help she could get. I can't even believe it's been that long. 
So anyway, uh, Tasha, you want to start off with this because I know you know Kathleen very well and um, she has helped you in numerous ways um, with Precious and Pickles and um, even you. So I'll let you take it over. Oh, yeah, my goodness. Um, Kathleen Morrow is has become one of my favorite people on the planet. Um, she is, as I that said on my a, Facebook page earlier. <laughs> <laughs> she is, as I said on my Facebook page earlier, um, you know, my best friend and just a very trusted naturopathic vet. I have, I have been um, taking Precious to you, Kat, for some time and, and checking mm-hmm. in constantly. Um, but, you know, I just kind of, before I share my story about how you've helped my babies and continue to help them even now, um, and if, for those of you out there that don't know, I've mentioned it before, but, I mean, my dogs are literally like all I have in terms of family, and they are my family. They are my children. And there are some out there who don't see their their fur babies that way, but um, I certainly do, and, and most everyone I know does. And so I know most of you out there completely understand that and feel the same way. And as such, it is absolutely a blessing to have someone like you, Kat, that has gone above and beyond to to make sure that we're able to care for them and give them, you know, a healthy, long life, longer than that we might be able to give them with just veterinarian care. And just like Annette said, I'm I'm not at all against veterinarians. Of course, we're very grateful to have veterinarian care, but I, but just as with humans, it's important to have holistic care, and, and I'm just grateful to you for right. providing that for us. Thank you. Back at you. So I've, I've enjoyed the by- learning. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm sure you have. Just and and, and that's when I, that's where I wanted to start because I know this story, but I want you to share it. Um, you know, you you have enjoyed the learning, and you talk about that, but and I know kind of where it started and why. So I'd love for you to sure. tell everybody exactly where that started, why why you wanted to be able to offer this for for fur babies sure. for our companions sure well like like most of us we grew up around animals and had them and cared for them and loved them and developed relationships with them and um over the years i was around the health food store business and owned one and so of course dealt with lots of different supplements and herbs and nutrition and got to talk to people about their health issues and as i went along and as i rescued more animals each one would typically have multiple serious health issues. And just after dealing with them not very successfully with regular veterinary medicine, I looked for alternatives. And at that point, I really hadn't applied the knowledge that I knew for myself to my animals yet. And I always tell people, like at this point, I always tell them when they first see me, if they feel guilty for feeding, you know, a commercial grocery store brand food or sub-quality food don't because at some point in time, and I'm not even sure if I can mention brands on here, but at some point in time, <laughs> I've fed the regular grocery store line brand of food. I vaccinated regularly, and I did everything that I thought was good for my animals, um, only to find out that there was actually a better way of doing things. So um, my first consultations I had were over serious issues like cancer and distemper, and they were with holistic veterinarians across the country of course, outside of our area because I couldn't find anybody to help me in the area. And um, Dr. Goldstein, who wrote The Nature of Animal Healing, which is a good book that I would recommend for everybody to start with, um, I consulted with him uh, as well as several other practitioners, and I finally decided, okay, I think I need to get this knowledge for myself as much as I'm using it and as much as I want to know about it and as much as I want to be able to help my animals. So I did go back and get my doctorate in natural animals, medicine or animal naturopath um, and then since I've added other skills to it such as ozone and other integrative um, modalities that have quite a bit to offer and you know integrative medicine in itself doesn't discount conventional medicine it really believes that there is a time and place for absolutely every modality so you want to use the best of all worlds because we have incredible technology now and you want to use that as well um, and what it has done is just, God, I can say it's, you know, everything from my first husky who couldn't eat anything that I had to start home cooking for that then I made raw food for because this was prior to any good quality lines of 
raw food companies or even holistic foods. Um, so there just wasn't a lot of options 16, 17 years ago. But um, she, you know, at the, point, at the point in time when I had her, they recommended that we put her down, and I just thought, you know what, no way, we're going to do this different. And, of course, she lived to be a nice old age of 16 and died naturally. Um, so just the results that I have seen within my own animal family and, of course, all of the animals that I see and treat, um, it's a real passion and a real gift to be able to even work in the area and just see what happens. Oh, I so agree. And, you know, the thing that I love is that you said, you know, um, you just said, no way, we're going to do this a different way. And that you know me, and so does Annette, <laughs> and um, I refuse. You know, I'm just not ever giving up. They're just going to have to be, yeah. I don't know, cryogenetically frozen or something. I don't know. But, like, I, I'm constantly looking for any other alternative. And, um, and, I, and, and I'm glad I have because every single time, you know, with my babies that I have in, followed my intuition and not just blindly – followed what you know the the veterinarian has said and again nothing against vets but just um not blindly followed that and just followed my instinct and and gone to you um you know the route that we have chosen has been successful and i am so grateful for that and um yeah yeah and so glad that you gained all that information and and continue to do it i know that um you know you started merlin's you had um a health food store for for humans, and then you started Correct. Merlin's, and um, right. now that you have that, I mean, w- w- just just for those people who've never been in there, what what all does Merlin's offer? Well, Merlin's is a sort of we call it a, a holistic pet oasis, and so we've got everything from um, top quality food lines, and these are all small companies that source within mostly the U.S. except for lamb. A lot of times comes from New Zealand. Um, but they're sourcing the small and quality controlled and human grade ingredients. So we do focus a lot on foods. Um, we've got dehydrated foods and raw foods as well as dry foods and canned foods. Um, then we have kind of a lot of neat, unique um, retail items such as collars and leashes and harnesses and toys. And then, of course, we've got artwork in there from local artists such as yourself and other people. So um, it is a creative venture and an integrative venture, um, and it kind of combined the best of all of the retail stores that I ever traveled to across the country. And I thought, gosh, why can't Lubbock have something like this? Why do I always have to order my pet food um, online? (laughs) Why am I always having to make things at home? Or, you know, I just didn't know that I would be the one opening it, but that's how things unfold sometimes. So that is what it's like. And it's a little bit of a retail boutique combined with um, a holistic resource. And of course my office is in there and I see animal clients as well as people clients. Yeah. And you know, I'm so, I'm really thankful for you to to do what you did and to to jump in and and see all those things that you saw, like you said, when you were traveling and then just to say, okay, we need this in Lubbock. Um, And just to mention really quickly, Annette also offers um, dog training um, through, you can get that information at Merlin's and I don't know if anybody knew that here, but um, those of you listening, Annette is multi-talented as we always find out. And she also works with your animals and so she can certainly train them. She also offers paint classes there. It's been kind of, it's, kind of evolved I think Kat to uh-huh. a uh, like a holistic healing for humans and their fur babies you know it's been an awesome it little evolution yeah it has I love it all and I love all the contributing people and factors it's just fun to just be involved in so real yeah. good and let me jump in let me jump in real quick you also have an online store we do so we do, to, and you can yeah. find most of the you can find most yeah. of the things that we carry online, and you can see pictures of the store. And um, yeah. you know, we do a lot of one of my creative ventures is leather collars and leashes, and it's a way to use all my art classes from college, I think, as well as a creative outlet. But <laughs> that's something that I it that's a neat thing because I get to meet people from all over the place who, you know, have dogs and rescue organizations and all things like that. So. It's a nice draw as well for the store since we are located in West Texas. And then, you know, you said you had a, uh, you have an office in there, which, you know, that's that's one thing when I get to Precious's story I will certainly mention, but you offer services more than just, I mean, because people can go in there and shop and honestly get the best food, in my opinion, you know, the best food that you can access in the community. Um, I personally have been using 
the Honest Kitchen line, and my I finally found the one that my dogs will eat. They're divas, as as both of you know, and so they're very thinking <laughs> about everything. Yes, and so um, it, it took a long time to find one they would really eat, um, but it's it's been great. And th- that's one thing I want to mention to everyone listening. The thing that is really awesome is that when you go into Merlin's, you can get samples of you know quite a few of the different food lines to try them first and see which one your dog likes or your cat likes before you actually purchase. And that's something you can't get anywhere else, and so I really greatly appreciate that. Um, oh, it yeah. just gives you a chance to let your animals, you know, try it first before before you invest. Um, and then, you know, it does make you feel better because you're giving them, like, like the Honest Kitchen is human grade and it's all just great stuff. I mean, they, you you feel better about them because you know what's going in and you know it's all natural and it's all good and, so you're not getting anything in there that's going to potentially, in the long run, make them sick or not give them what they need to, to have a good, long, healthy life. But you also have an office in there where you offer other services. What what services do you I offer? I do. I do. I do nutritional consultations. Um, I do them for animals as, as well as people. And um, I do Reiki, and I also do ozone therapy. And um, ozone therapy has been a phenomenal um tool in the toolbox um it really for those of you not familiar with it um o3 or ozone is medical grade oxygen that's passed over an electric electric current it breaks apart and it recombines in a very unstable um o3 or ozone molecule and so when it hits the skin such as for an example um i had a non-healing rash on a leg that I was treating the other day, you, you know, immerse the leg in ozone in a plastic bag. It's non-invasive. It's non-painful. And before you know it, whatever you've got going on, whether it be post-surgical, whether it be pain-related, whether it be a non-healing wound, you've supplied a tremendous amount of oxygen to it because as the ozone debutizes or breaks down, it turns to oxygen. Um, and oxygen is the key ingredient to healing within the body for many things as well as being highly antimicrobial. So it really, um, it's a it's a tool that I rely on for quite a few things and have seen remarkable results from. Oh, I love that. Um, and you've shown me pictures of some stuff. So I know you have some yeah, stories you could share. I do. The before and afters are probably, I mean, some of them are just you wouldn't even believe until you saw it. Yeah. So it really it's been a it's been a neat process. And of course, um I've also learned Prolozone therapy, which is injection of nutraceuticals and ozone and um and I've used some of the things of course on myself. I'm my biggest skinny pig and so are my animals. So everything that you know, I want to try new, whether it be an herbal supplement or a new food or a new modality, you know, we we all know that we're guinea pigs around the house, so um, <laughs> <laughs> we know exactly what it feels like, tastes like, what it does. But um, and of course, within the nutritional consultation, and I always feel like integrative medicine and naturopathy too is even more effective as preventative. So it's if it's a way of life and a lifestyle rather than a substitute for a medication. I mean. You know, you're talking about longevity of life. You're talking about little if no health issues. I mean, many of the things that you would be normally dealing with, you don't, which is amazing. So, I mean, we do go over nutrition. We go over supplements. We go over herbs. Sometimes I use homeopathy. Sometimes I use flower essences. Um, And sometimes I'll recommend different vitamin IV therapies from your veterinarian. So, you know, all of it is, is used for specific issues and combined together in a real synergistic way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, you, you just said something that's important, I think, for people to know, too, because I know, uh, well, and I'm just going to tell it because it's, I just keep referring to it, but Precious, you know, um, my soulmate dog, uh, she is, she has always had, and, and Annette can attest to this because she's had me, she's received the panic calls, you know, and I know, Kat, you talk <laughs> about this a lot. When we have our babies in our lives, you know, we do go into mayday mode sometimes when they, when, because oh, we don't know what's wrong with them, you know, they can't talk to us. I mean, they, I they can, but we don't understand them. So um, we, we have a hard time not knowing what to do and we, we panic. And 
I certainly panic. Um, I have in the past. I don't so much now because I have access to you and your knowledge, and it makes it it makes me feel better. But um, <laughs> I panic for all of those who are feeling bad. I panic. Everybody else's problems, no problem. Mine is simple, and I'm like, oh my gosh, call nine one one. We got to do something quickly. <laughs> well, and then I get it. Calls for me a million times about precious because um, <laughs> she would have all these issues in in her mammary glands. Um, she is mm-hmm. just so everyone knows out there. She is still an intact female. Um, I never got her fixed, and part of that was ignorance on my part. When she was younger, I, I really hadn't, I didn't have any information about the scare of anything that might happen as a result of not getting them fixed. I wasn't really informed of that, and I never really considered that she would ever get pregnant because I had a. a, a boy dog that was fixed and so I just didn't want to do an invasive surgery on her for you know no real reason so I never really knew any of the issues that would you know possibly develop with her mammary or her uterus or anything like that so she was not fixed and as of course she has aged I've certainly not wanted to do that just for fear of you know her being this age and, and putting her under the knife but she has developed and had for years uh, mammary really I guess the vet always referred to them as mammary tumors. Um, they were masses in her mammary glands, and, you know, I would, if they would flare up around her heat cycle, of course I would panic. Um, she had mastitis a few times. You know, she had to go to the veterinarian and get antibiotics. And the vet rarely ever really believed that that's what it was, and that can attest to this too because I was always – yeah. somewhat um, aggressive with the veterinarian about listening to me and um, just letting me try the antibiotics because I, I know her and I'm intuitive about it and I just wanted to do it. And every time we went with antibiotics, we got rid of it, but it would always come back. And then recently, I guess it would have been three or four months ago, I'm not sure at the time, but maybe longer, um, she developed a very large mass in her lower mammary gland and one in which I really did really did get concerned about. And even, Kat, when I took her to see you initially, you were concerned about it because it was mm-hmm. a rather large mass. And the thing that you mentioned earlier is that, you know, you, you will also recommend, uh, obviously, you know, someone go to their vet and get something. You, you obviously work with veterinarians, not against them, and you're not a separate for them. I mean, it's like a collaborative thing and an integrative is. medicine, as you referred to it. And that's what you did with me. You know, you said, let's get her on some antibiotics, um, and, of course, I was worried, like, is this going to – do we need to have her on antibiotics for a long time? Is this going to hurt her? You know, and you're like, she, if she needs them, she needs them. We get her on them. You know, we put her on probiotics to make sure that she's – and, of course, she was on probiotics at the time, but I got better probiotics with you called Total Biotics, which I absolutely love. And, um, but I was able to keep her on those and then put her on antibiotics. Now, the veterinarian, uh, just, this, just a story for everyone out there, had actually uh, suggested that we – do surgery, remove her entire mammary chain um, because she's had all these issues for all this time and spay her, basically do these extreme surgeries, I mean, very invasive surgeries on my baby girl who, in my opinion, had a pretty intense infection. I I really wasn't, um, I was hopeful it wasn't cancer and I was really feeling like it was just a very intense um, case of mastitis, one that had gone deep within the tissue. Um, but that was not the, the veterinarian's uh, take on it, and he was pushing toward, you know, a very invasive surgery, but thankfully did listen to my, you know, request, and, and he did agree to give the antibiotics, and he did agree to do that for about three months, and the initial antibiotic didn't do much. We had to switch it because she'd been on it before. We switched it to a different one, and it was, it, they actually put her on two, and um, then we kind of had to do a muscle test, which I'll let you explain that in a bit, cat we'll get back to that but to see which one was actually because one of them was making her sick and she wouldn't eat and so we took her off the one that that basically failed the muscle test and um right. and we, we were able to keep her on one uh she stayed on an antibiotic for three months and we also put her on olive leaf and then you also did reiki on her and you know i remember the session you were sitting i was holding her and you know, you were doing Reiki, and it felt like it looked as if you were pulling energy from that mammary and uh, from that mammary gland. And the next day, she actually released an intense amount of fluid. I mean, it was an insane amount of fluid from that mammary 
gland. I mean, it, it really just, it was a little startling, to be honest. What a good um, girl. She worked so hard. Yeah, she worked so hard. And, <laughs> uh, and I, we cleaned it, I cleaned it up, and then she did, you know, release more fluid throughout the next three days. And then the rest of her mammary, like the, the entire mammary chain, started releasing fluid. And, and basically what it was was just an in, infection, you know, that had gotten so deep and it had spread throughout the mammary chain and it was the, in, that infection was being released, you know, all that was being released out mm-hmm. of her system. And, and, you know, it was amazing because I was able to go back to the vet and tell him, I mean, that mass, as well as the ones that she had had for five or six years, are completely gone. I mean, it's completely gone. And then, you know, she ended up having an issue. I mean, there's no sign of it. It's completely, there's, there's, you can see where the skin had been stretched out because it was so large. And this was a huge mass. I mean, it was about the size of a ping pong ball. It was very big. Um, but it's completely gone. And, and then the, uh, the other side, you know, started swelling. And I, I remember talking to you about it and thinking, Oh, do we have another infection? And you were like, you know, I really feel like this may be more of an inflammation Let's try, like, based basically on some sort of allergic reaction. So let's try some, um, you know, an antihistamine to see what that does before we go the antibiotic route. And sure enough, it was, it was, and the antihistamine brought it down. And so now she's all good. And when she rolls over on her back, it's just like a normal, you know, belly. There, her memory chain's all normal. There's no bumps. There's no mass. There's nothing there. And it's just amazing. And I, I cannot thank you enough for that. But as Yay! you said earlier. Yeah, and and it's such a success story, and I tell people all the time, and of course I gloat at my veterinary's office, but um, I I think one of the things that you said that's really important is that, you know, you don't just use it as a substitute for medication. You keep them on it because I've kept her on that olive leaf. I didn't just stop giving it to her. Like I've kept her Mm -hmm. on it, and I've kept her on, you know, the total biotics. I've kept her on all that. Of course she's off antibiotic, but I've kept her on the, the olive leaf for her immune system to keep, you know, keep her immune system strong. And um, I think that's an important point. So, you know, one thing that I, I do want you to explain real quick before I forget about it is the muscle test, because I know people are okay. going to wonder what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, the muscle test is uh, otherwise known as kinesiology and chiropractors do it and, um you know, there's multiple ways that you can do it. People use their fingers, they use their arms, they use a surrogate. And whenever you're testing animals, you usually use a surrogate. If the owner is a good surrogate, you can use them. And so essentially it combines um, whoever's a surrogate tester um, touching the animal and, and whatever issue we're talking about. And then we test for strength, either the fingers or the arm or whatever we're using to test. And it and a real just basic is that it ba- it's a basic belief that the body knows what it needs. And so this is a way to recognize what specific, you know, medication is working, what isn't. And there's quite a bit of accuracy within it. I wouldn't say it's always 100% accurate, but it is highly accurate. And especially if you do have a good surrogate tester, that um, is a real good read. And so I use it for myself. I use it for my animals. I use it when I'm not quite sure of something or if something's working or I'm not quite sure which thing to prescribe. I'll use it. And especially if people are open to doing it and do it for themselves, it's really effective. Yeah. So, but yeah, she was a good girl. Did that for you? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I did. I got to say, like, before we (laughs) – it really has been awesome to watch her go through that process because I know a lot of people out there listening are aware of this. My dog – Pickles doesn't have this problem. Mr. Pickles is her brother. He doesn't have this problem. He he's friendly. He he loves everyone. He has no problem. He'll leave me for a hamburger. If people have food, he doesn't. That's all he cares about. So he knows he's well aware the veterinarian has treats, and so he's fine with going. He doesn't have a problem with seeing people. He's extremely extroverted, and I am very introverted, as is Precious. And so. You know, we we are very different in that way, and so whenever we have to go to the veterinarian, she is in the car. She's already shaking. She has what they call white coat anxiety, and she mm-hmm. freaks out when we walk in. She doesn't have that reaction to you, and so it was one thing that was so much better for her was that you know the anxiety alone of going to the veterinarian is just mm-hmm. Ooh, that's enough. It wipes her out, um, and it only you know exacerbates any issue she's having and so whenever she would go to you you know she wouldn't have that response and it was just so relieving for me to see her just be able to relax and be in a calm environment and not have that anxiety and then yeah she did do all that work and, and man I'm 
proud of her and grateful for you. And thank you so much. It was a huge success story. You're so welcome. It was such a joy. Yeah, she's an amazing dog. So I don't know how much we actually did except for do no harm, but she's, yeah, she's yeah. tremendous. Yeah, so, which I love that you it, say um, that, do no harm. That's that's the key right there, you know. It's like, yeah. um, and, and again, not that, you know, not that those surgeries are never needed. Not that the not that the veterinarian isn't, of course, of course they're needed. And, of course, there are times when that is necessary. But, you know, in that particular instance, I'm just, it was intuitively aware that that wasn't the case. And I was just like, you know, let's try some less invasive right. things first before we jump there, you know. Right. Yeah, and I remember and you is, saying. I remember you saying, you know, that that's the key: do no harm, and and also the fact that, you know, our dogs, our our babies, our cats, they, they don't know what's happening, you know, so we really don't want to have to do that unless it is necessary. Yeah, you really don't. I mean, you you know, in my opinion, steroids and antibiotics are a last resort measure. Um, mm-hmm. as is, you know, surgery, unless it's a preventative surgery, like a spay or neuter. But um, right. when you approach things integratively and holistically, you do have to keep in mind, too, we're really used to medications taking care of symptoms very quickly and very dramatically. And when you use integrated medicine, sometimes you get quick results, but most of the time you don't. Most of the time it's a gradual turnaround. And so you have to be mindful of that and also be aware that it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a process of healing, and the body takes some time to autocorrect and get back to its state of natural well-being. And, um, and two, anytime you treat, especially if you treat something chronic with herbs or supplements, I tell people it's like think about how long it took the plant to grow, um, and that's, you know, compare that to how long it takes within the body to have its... Um, purpose and heal whatever we're working on or whatnot so that they can kind of get an idea that it's like, oh, I'm not going to give it to them and tomorrow they're going to be all better. You know, it's like it's a, right. it's a pro, it's more of a process. Now, if it were a serious case and we needed a medication and, you know, for that, of course, we would use it. And, of course, you know, I work with multiple veterinarians in town and refer back and forth for things. But it is a more gradual um, homeostasis rather than a quick symptom fix because symptoms are, and they are most important in animals because they tell us a little bit about what's going on. And within integrative and holistic medicine, you don't look to suppress a symptom. You look to the cause of it, like what system is out of balance? Um, Why are they, you know, urinating more often? Why do they have a lipoma? Um, why are their bowels a little bit loose? Why do their ears smell a little funky? Why is their skin not quite right? And so all of those things give us indications of what systems need to be supported or perhaps what different nutrition needs to be offered and all kinds of other things. But, um, but yeah, she, that's, you know, she's an example of, and, of course, you were willing to take the time to go through the different measures rather than, oh, my gosh, let's, you know, they hit the panic button and cut all this out. I mean, it wasn't really the best option for her, and it probably would have caused a lot of long-term, um, you know, wound healing and possible regrowth and infection, you know, post-surgical infection. I mean, all of the potential side effects from a surgery like that. So it was a, it was the, you know, the appropriate thing to do for her body, and and she did great. Yeah, she did. And you know, you you say that, it, and I got to say to to everyone out there, there is a slower process to this, which is, is necessary, and, and just like, you know, you said, Dr. Kat, that's something that, you know, like you said, we get used to as humans, we, 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 those of us who have used, you know, modern medicine, you just kind of treat those symptoms and want to get rid of the symptoms quickly, and, and there's a quick fix, and of course, you know, Annette and I on our show often are talking about things that are not quick fixes. I mean, mm-hmm. I think all three of us here, you know, certainly are people who try to actually treat everything, you know, it, that goes on with us, emotional, physical, whatever, at the root. And um, that is that does take a lot longer. And as such, I will say, and I will admit to this, that, and you know this, there were times that I was like, are we doing the right thing? You know, yeah, I was, I was really scared because it was, yeah, you know, it was because it, it wasn't necessarily changing very quickly. And, and of course, it, during that process, you can start to second guess yourself and your intuition mm-hmm. and, um, you just kind of have to keep trusting that and, and looking for baby step progress, you know. And, and, and mm-hmm. more importantly, I think you kept telling me, hey, if it's not growing, 
you know, if it's not getting worse, yeah. then, then we're on the right track. So uh, that was something I really had to keep in mind, and, and I'm glad I did. So, Correct. Yeah, thank you and it's never easy because, of course, we love them dearly, and, again, they can't talk to us. And, you know, any health issue can bring up a lot of fear, whether it be in, in us or in our animals. And so um, that was one of the purposes for me for my education was to help that, to help conquer that. I was like, you know what, I need this um, for myself as well as for others so that I don't press the fear button and that I do start to apply just a different lifestyle in addition to a different way of treating issues when they come up. And um, and it's just been remarkable what it's done for my guys as well as everybody else's. So that process in yeah. itself is just, I mean, well worth the journey. Um, and, I, you know, one thing that's great now about integrative health is that it's it's popular, sort of. And so we've got a lot of food lines on the market that are quote-unquote natural and quote-unquote holistic. Um, and that's good and bad all at the same time. Um, the good thing is that it's bringing attention to what is actually in stuff that you're eating and in stuff that you're feeding your animals. And um, and the not-so-great thing is that a lot of times a lot of the advertising claims are completely bogus. They're not, they're not based right. on any amount of truth. So you have to be your best consumer. You have to read the ingredients. And then I even tell people, I had a woman the other day, she was like, oh, I never even thought about the source of the ingredients. So you turn the label over and you look at the ingredients, and at least instead of corn gluten or cornmeal or, you know, wheat, it says chicken meal or chicken byproduct. And so you're thinking, okay, that's better. Um, But what you don't know sometimes is where that's coming from and if it's a human-grade ingredient, how it was processed, um, what kind of exposure it had in between, what kind of plant it was made at. A lot of the larger food manufacturers will um, use food brokers, and they buy food from all, all countries. Um, so you have a lot of ingredients coming from China and places that you know may not have such great monitoring um, of quality. And so any food line that you choose, if you're not you know going to make your food or if you're going to buy it or whatever, they you know they may keep secrets who exactly they buy from for proprietary reasons, but they will be able to tell you where they source from and they will be able to tell you that they're human-grade ingredients, um, which is extremely important. Um, you know, there's you, you can look at the history of pet food recalls, but usually you'll find a, something like a rice from China that's got melamine in it and will have caused lots of kidney failure or kidney problems in animals, and it, and it would have been produced in a quote-unquote holistic food line. So it is something that you really do have to educate yourself on, and um, and I continue to. And and because of the popularity of holistic foods, they're continually being bought out by larger manufacturers. Um, one of the very first really good um, holistic food lines is now owned by Procter and Gamble, and um, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody anymore. So and they've since had lots of food, uh, lots of recalls since they took it over. So mm-hmm. that is something to watch for too when you shop. Um, because even in the larger pet stores, a lot of holistic foods are offered now. And you can right. sometimes find some okay things, but it, it's not very often. And so, okay, and that's one thing, you know, I, I, I shop with you, and so that's one thing I, I feel safe when I go in there knowing that what I'm purchasing from you, you've done all the research on everything you have in there, right? Correct. Yeah, so you know what's in there and whether or not it's healthy. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I've even got, you know, and we have great um, product educators that know the companies well and know the owners of the companies and where their stuff is coming from. And, you know, they a lot of times larger food manufacturers won't do a recall until they've had, you know, a certain number of cases reported and or there have been animal deaths. Well, with smaller, more high-quality companies, they test their own food they will pull anything that doesn't test like they like, and they don't have to have reports like that before they'll do it. And so it's kind of like, I mean, you know, there's a big movement where it's, you know, in the um, health community for people too, we like to know where our food comes from and who grows it and, you know, how they're taking care of their land or how they're taking care of their animals and what they're feeding them and are they grass-fed and are they, you know, all of those sorts of things. And, And once you realize you apply that to animals too, it makes a world of difference and their health and what you feed them. Right. 
Yeah, and and you know, I've seen notice. I've noticed a, a great deal of improvement with with my babies and their energy levels. I mean, granted, you know, I was so you were talking about ozone therapy, which we're going to have to try with uh, with Mr. Pickles because he has spondylosis. For those out there listening that don't know, he has spondylosis in his in his spine. He's got some arthritis basically in his neck, and it's uh, he's had issues with it. We've I got him on Actostatin, which is a supplement that I purchased at Merlin's as well. And, um, Captain, you're a big fan of, of that one. Um, and I am. that particular, yeah, and it's been, it's been great for both of them when they've had any joint issues. And I think this is another instance where you would recommend people have that, you know, on hand for their babies, um, long before they really need it, you know, before it becomes Correct. an issue, you know, Correct. to have it as a preventative. Correct. Yeah. Any dogs, and even in particular large breeds, and after the age of two, I start preventative supplementing for joints. And um, it's like you don't want to wait till you've got a joint problem to start treating it because you'll really, you know, lengthen their their joint um, integrity, and you know, you may not even have problems at all if you do that. Mm-hmm. Now, you don't. What you don't want to do, you do not typically want to supplement with glucosamine and chondroitin before the age of two. But you can supplement with vitamin C, which helps build collagen. But, yeah, after two, I always recommend a joint supplement. And I had to go through five different ones, and I had a a dog at the time. It was Merlin. He had two cruciate ligament tears, um, partial ones. And so we opted to to not do surgery and to do high doses of glucosamine and chondroitin. And I literally had to go through five different of the top lines before I found one that worked. And once I found the one that worked, he went from hobbling around to jumping back up on the couch. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I thought, uh huh, I think we're on to something here. This is good stuff. <laughs> it works. <laughs> so it is the line that I carry, and they make Actistatin, which is a which is a joint supplement and a chew as well. And both of them have lots of good reviews and lots of customers that use them. Yeah, and you know, uh, Precious, and I'll get back to Nichols in just a second, but Precious had a, a, a knee injury uh, years ago, and same thing, you know, she was the, the veterinarian also at that time suggested surgery and, and honestly felt, even though they couldn't do an MRI, we don't have that here, so, you know, I would have had to go into Dallas, I think, the time to get an MRI, but um, they from the X-ray, he couldn't really see anything, but he was just basing on symptoms, assuming that she had a torn ACL, of course, again, I opted against surgery and, and did the same thing, you know, just doing glucose and chondroitin and was able to keep her on that for two weeks to a month, and then, you know, she was right back to normal. And so we avoided surgery and an unnecessary surgery, and one which would have actually changed her ability to uh, run for life, I mean, because it would have it would have had yeah. a long-term effect on her. Um, but back to pickles, you know, we're, we're going to have to use some ozone therapy on him, I know, and, and that's something you said earlier, you know, you bag it. Whenever... Um, and you mentioned a leg. So, what can you use ozone therapy for? Anything that's going on with with the animal? Almost anything. I mean, you can use it for once the sutures are out. I mean, you can use it for post surgical healing. Um, I mean, I use it for actually for post knee surgeries. It will reduce the swelling and the pain and decrease the healing time dramatically. So you can use it for injuries. You can use it for wounds. You can use it for injuries that you're not going to do surgery for. Um, you can use it for disc-related issues. I have a, a Swedish dachshund client. I'll have to put him up on the website. Um, and he had two uh, laminitis surgeries that he didn't recover from. And he, his name is Louie, and um, I know he'd be happy and feel famous for being on here today. Um, <laughs> he's just he's just as sweet as can be. And he... Um, and he's got a you know a wheelchair and he he gets around, but he wasn't using the back half of his body or his legs at all, not even his tail. And um, we started using ozone bag immersion treatments on him, and it's probably been about six months. And he now stands, not all the time, but he stands. And when he uses his wheelchair, he uses both legs. He's got motion of his tail back, um, wow. and he kicks right and left when he, you know, scoots himself around on the floor. He uses both legs to kick. And so when he gets excited at the fence or at something, he will actually stand up and a little wobbly but still still standing. So that's, I mean, wow. that's huge progress. Where you go, and, you know, we don't, yeah. Yeah, no, we don't You know, we don't know how, if it's going to continue to get better or not, but we're going to continue to use it while it does. And, um, yeah, but it does just, yeah, it does do, it does really well for neuropathy as well. So, 
Um, one of the few things, because there just aren't many treatments for that at all. Um, right, and then and that's what I'm finding out, you know, is other than other than medication, which he's already been on, uh, you know, like anti-inflammatory and nerve pain yeah. medication, which then they just have to up it. I mean, there's really not much else that can be done. And so, you know, again, here's another area where I'm sure. extremely grateful for yeah. you and the fact that you're here for this community to offer that when when the veterinarian is out of options, you know, and we've yeah. got preventative care so that we don't have to go to the vet, and then we have, you know, alternative options when the, the veterinarian is throwing up their hands. It's a great thing. Thank you yeah. so much. You're so welcome. Well, it's it's neat to watch. It really is because you just never know how fast it's going to work, what it's going to do, and, I mean, it's and most of the time it's beyond your expectations, which is just remarkable. So I am, um, you know, and I've got, clients who rescue cats and many times ferals will have injuries that are difficult to deal with so we ozonate some water and I mean one woman in particular had a cat that fell from a tree and skinned a large portion of its back hide off and Mm. thinking Mm. about trying to I know thinking about trying to sweet cat and of course this of course is healed and healthy (laughs) now but thinking about how to sedate and get the animal into the vet and then wrap and unwrap because this is a feral cat. So um, we made water. She would squirt that cat with water, which is highly, the ozone water is highly antimicrobial and and has many healing properties of oxygen. And she would squirt it with water until that wound completely healed up. Wow. And it was a a way to kind of flush the wound too, you know, when you don't really have access to the animal or you can't reach them. So we can we come up with all kinds of creative ways too. <laughs> well, and I love that too because you know Annette and I Annette and I both and I know you as well and of course a lot of your clients um we all have helped and rescued, you know, uh, yeah. animals and and um I mean goodness Annette's rescued and helped bunnies as well. So I mean um cats and dogs and Aww. and you know when you when you're dealing with ferals it's extremely difficult, you know, as I found mm-hmm. out multiple times with it, because again, like you said, they're, they're feral. So it's hard sometimes to be able to give them what they need. And I know mm-hmm. um, a couple of times I had a, a couple of ferals that were, had infections and, you know, you just suggested, okay, well, let's put some colloidal silver in their water, you know, and then when they drink it, then they're getting that. And, and so it, it, there's just so many things and people are really neat. I just want to make this clear, I guess, that people can know that, you know, even in a situation where they're rescuing or taking care of a feral, um, you know, you can go to Dr. Cat at Merlin's and, and you can have a consultation time or you can just walk in and, and chat with her if she's there and ask her questions and she can give you this information or these resources and advice and along with all that she offers at Merlin's. It's, I can't say enough about how important it is that we have it and how grateful I know I am and I know Annette is. That, that you are there and that you offer all this yeah. for the community. Well, good. I'm happy to do it. It's just, yeah. a, it's just a gift all the way around. It's wonderful. And Annette, you, I, I said this earlier, but um, you did a muscle test on for yourself, didn't you? Didn't you have Dr. Cat do a muscle test on you? She did um, for some supplements that I was going to be mm-hmm. needing at the time, and we found just the perfect ones. And, I mean, I've used muscle testing for myself and clients a lot. I mean, it's just it's a really good tool. And, you know, it's not 100% like she said, but it is a really good tool to use. Um, and it can get you some answers that you may have a hard time coming up with on your own. Because the body mm-hmm. does know exactly what it needs. And mm-hmm. if we listen, then we, we can access that information. Um, you know, so it's it's um, it's something that we can do, and we can do it for anything or anyone. And you know, I've 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 surrogate tested for dogs and you know bunnies and uh, things like that just to see what they you know what they need. I used to work uh, when I was in Dallas. I did work with a lot of boss, uh, not well some foster dogs, but shelter dogs, and um, would um, go in and evaluate for, you know, adoptability um, a lot of times. And muscle testing was a part of that, along with just intuition and 
and watching and working with the dog. That's great. Kind of listening to what they're saying, their actions and uh, their energy and uh, tough job. <laughs> I don't think I want to do it again, but oh uh, man, you yeah. know, it's, it's something that sure. you know. I think Dr. Cat uses all of that. I mean, she uses intuition, the muscle testing, all the tools in her tool belt that she uses, and you know, gives it such a good rounded um, idea of what the dog needs and what the the person needs. Um, let me ask this real quick: If somebody comes in and wants the consultation, what does that look like? I mean, what do you what do you talk about? What do you do first? Well, we typically, um, and let me just, you know, my usual disclaimer is, is a naturopath for people and for animals. We don't diagnose or technically treat anything. Texas doesn't even right. recognize naturopaths, but we do su- provide supportive and integrative care for for whatever you've got going on. Um, so if somebody comes in with an issue or they just want a wellness program, which is ideal, because, you know, that's just the perfect way to not have issues, hopefully, come up in the right. future. But regardless of what's going on, whether it be something serious or just, you know, general knowledge, you schedule an appointment with me. We sit down for anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes. There's a, a very in-depth questionnaire that I provide prior to the consultation so that I know all of the vaccine schedules, any medical history, the environment that the animal's in, cleaning products that are used, um, how often, you know, the animal gets exercised, just everything from um, the environment to food to supplements to um, blood work. And so um, we sit down and it's a real, what's great I think about Merlin's and why all the animals love it is because store smells like delicious food. So <laughs> there aren't any, when they come in, it's not the traditional, and, you know, there's no way around this, but the traditional veterinary office, I mean, you know, there's animals boarding and they've got anxiety because their owner, owners are leaving. You know, they've had they've been in a car wreck or they're having surgery for something, and so it's a much more of an intense and an anxious environment for them versus when they come into Merlin's, everything smells like food. <laughs> it's like <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so we we come into my office and typically, you know, it's um, very laid back, and I usually sit on the floor with them or in the chair, and we discuss everything that's going on with them. And we go over diet and supplements and um, I have a different vaccination schedule that I like to recommend. And I like for people to ask their veterinarians about, and I like for them to ask about titer testing, which is an alternative to repetitive vaccinations. Um, And I'm not against vaccinations. I do um, promote minimal vaccinating, but um, so basically it takes 30 to 45 minutes and we chat and visit and I get suggestions and, um, we kind of work up a program and then go from there. I love that. I, 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 just, I, I just have to say that I love that you, know, you said you're not against vaccinations, but you, you are for minimal vaccinations. That's one thing. You, I had never heard of, can you, can you say it again, the testing that you recommend uh-huh. people it's, get? Uh-huh. It's called T-I-T-E-R, titer testing, and it's a blood draw, and it tests for antibody levels and immunity to the very vaccinations or the, you know, specific diseases that um, you're vaccinating for. So if the titer reading is high enough, you don't actually need to revaccinate. And um, and I, there's several laboratories that do it. I know um, Cornell does. I know IDEX Labs does. I know, um, oh, I just forgot the other, the name of the lab that does. But um, what's great about, you know, the East and West Coast have been doing these tests forever and it kind of, you know, I think sort of slowly moved in, into the central states. But um, I started asking for them about 15 years ago and, you know, I knew what I was talking about. But now whenever I mention that to clients and recommend that they ask their veterinarian to do that for them, everybody knows what they're talking about or most everybody does, which is great. And so, yeah. and even some of the blood tests will recommend approximately when you should revaccinate. So not only do you get a reading of current antibody levels, but you get a, you know, about time when you need to recheck them. So, and there is, I should say now, there isn't one for rabies currently at the moment, and hopefully they're going to have that real soon. That would be nice. But um, that's other stuff like distemper and parvo and coronavirus, you can, you can check antibody levels. 
that's awesome. Now, do, you, do you go to your really vet? To... Yeah, excuse me. Do you go to your vet for that? Will the vet do that? You do. Or do you... Okay, you do. Uh huh. And you ask for it specifically, like if it's if it's time for your, you know, and most in most cases, if you had traditional sets of puppy vaccinations through the age of one. Um, mm-hmm. unless the mother's antibodies are interfering if they're still nursing or, you know, the vaccine wasn't good or for some reason it didn't quite develop immunity. But typically you will have immunity for life. So um, throughout the years, I mean, I've got client records and I'll have titer tests for, you know, five years of time and the levels are the same. So, um, but yes, you can. And sometimes, you know, I would recommend asking before you go in so they know that that's what you want to do. Um, and you right. can ask how much it costs because I bet every I think every different lab is a different price. But yeah, you definitely can ask for titer testing now. Good. Yeah, I love that. That's I was just going to say that's information I wanted to make sure everyone had because I know uh, more and more people are reading about that and getting a little more concerned about doing that yearly. And so just knowing that you can do that to make sure that your your pet is still getting you know, uh, is still protected against every, because of course we're very fearful about those particular diseases. And so of course you want to prevent and in that situation, if you can get that, you know, titer test done and then you know that your baby is still protected and that's, that just gives us relief and then we're not over vaccinating. So it's great information. It is. It's very helpful. Well, we are, um, Coming up to the end of the show, believe it or not. Gosh, unfortunately, by. I told you it would go by. It very quickly. Um, would you please give your contact information so that everybody would have it? Sure. What's the best sure. way to contact Merlin, you? It is, sure. It's Merlin's Pet Shop, and we're located at 2609 Boston Avenue. The store phone number is 806-749-DOGS or 3647. Um, and then for consultation, the number is 806-438-8746. And then, of course, you can find us on Facebook and on Instagram under Merlin's Pet Shop. Now how and we're you, open. I think we're... Oh, go ahead, Dara. Are you, you uh, open... Do you do after-hours consultations, or is it strictly during I, store hours? I do. I do both afternoon and after hours because I really, you know, people's schedules are so crazy these days and and so is mine. But I will do Saturdays and I will do after hours and I'll even do house calls. That works really well for elderly animals and animals with anxiety of leaving the house and of rides and or veterinarians or they've, you know, had some kind of surgical issue where they're semi-mobile. So um, house calls have been um, a real gift to be able to do and for the animals as well. Well, that's such a good idea. I wish regular doctors would do more house calls. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> the good old days of house calls. <laughs> they, they are nice. Too. I remember when I was little, they did the house calls. But, uh, I know, I know. It's a long lost art. I think it's, yeah, I think it's good. Well, and it gives you a chance to see other animals in the house, and sometimes I'll catch things that I may not have been able to see if they brought the animal in or I'd be like oh wow this particular plant is causing this problem or did you just get this new carpet because I can smell the sizing in it and that's probably why the allergies have just gotten crazy you know things like that I won't see unless I'm in the environment so absolutely so true well Dr. Cat, thank you so so much for being on the show thank you all for doing this You've shared so much information, and uh, hopefully people will take advantage of the services to prevent their dogs and cats and for family members uh, from having to go to the vet as often. And uh, keeping them healthy is the the number one thing right now. So we really appreciate it, and uh, I'll probably be seeing you in a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> Sounds wonderful. Well, thank you all for doing this. The information that you all provide and the fact that you do it every week is phenomenal. So I know everybody listening, I enjoy listening to the shows and, and the kind of things you put out there are just top quality. So thank you all as well. Aww, well thank you so much. And next week, Tasha, aren't we talking about toxic faith next week? 
We are understanding and overcoming religious addiction. Going to be interesting. Going to push some buttons, I believe, with that one. So uh, everybody, tune in. Um, see what you see. What you think? We'd love your opinion on it. So we will see you next Wednesday. Bye, everybody. Bye bye.